I don't know about you, Ari, but I, I'm dealing a lot with very nice people who say that they are, what's the phrase, um, socially liberal and fiscally conservative. Why do you think they're nice? <laughs> well, because they, they're nice. No, because they, they, they put themselves in the moderate camp. And I think in their eyes, they are moderate. And they are, I mean, it, it, good for today, they're moderate. Okay, because at least they're not liberal in every context. Right, but they're fiscally conservative if they actually believe that. But let's say, let's take them at their word that they are fiscally conservative, meaning that they believe in low taxes, uh, they believe in less, in fewer regulations, and um, being, uh, you know, open in terms of the economy. You know, lower tariffs, whatever. Open, open. You know, let the free market decide. That's the kind of vision you have when you hear somebody say that they are fiscally conservative. And, but they're socially liberal. So what they mean by that is, hey, you know, what, whatever you do behind closed doors, that's your business. You know, so, you know, gay stuff, uh, the polygamy stuff for that matter. Um, although you never know what they mean about incest. You know, that's another story. But that sounds like in front of open doors, actually, not behind well, okay. closed. But. So that's a good point. Yeah. Um, but we and, get and your that, meaning. Yeah, and transgender issues right. and abortion, of course. And all those... Issues of the day that seem to be, you know, liberal issues. Well, they are for it. So they're okay, socially. They support any perversion as long as it doesn't cost them any money. Right. right. Ah, there, there you go. You <laughs> <Okay>. see? <laughs> right. So it's interesting. I, I, I always wondered about this, and I used to be, I think, one of these people. Like, you know, I, when I was at Stanford, I, I took, I was economics as a major, right? And so I learned about the wisdom of not interfering into the world of economics. So that, that you know, when you start tinkering around and forcing people to uh, change, let's say, minimum wage or anything like that, well, then that's going to have a, a, bad a bad effect. If you increase taxes, that's the price of doing business. You're going to have a... And I, and I understand that, and everyone should understand that, right? But when it comes to the liberal issues, well, then they're all about taking the liberal side. The funny thing about the liberal side is they think that they're being literally liberal, that they're letting people do what they need to do, right? What they feel like doing. The problem is that in this quest to be liberal, they actually impose great restrictions. They actually regulate, all right? So you think that you can compartmentalize, my friends, but it'll, it'll end up coming back on you whether you like it or not look i mean for example you were all about gay marriage and now they're telling you that you have to provide services for those gay marriages right and if you don't provide uh the and now they're going after the churches and synagogues and they're hinting that if you don't allow gay people to get married in your church or your synagogue they don't mention the mosque by the way but that's another story well then then we might uh, shut down your 501c3 status. Okay, that's, that's a regulation. So again, they, they think they're being liberal, but in fact, in order to allow for this, these great liberal policies, they're going to end up boomeranging and actually imposing regulations. All right? Um, they were all about recycling, right? Isn't that wonderful? We should all have a cleaner world. So they're, in that, in that sense, again, liberal, Right until the point where the, the you know the eco fascists are telling you that if you don't do this, you're going to get heavily penalized. Right. Same thing with uh, the temperature in your 
in your house and otherwise in or your water usage. And straws. Yeah, bags and yeah. straws. Good example. So these are these are also things that boomerang on them. Um, you were all about understanding those afflicted with AIDS, right? Until they made uh, the law, they made this new law where that if you knowingly give somebody AIDS, that's no longer a felony, right? I'm not, I'm not okay with that, right, for anybody. Fortunately, I, mean, I don't have anybody in my life that would, you know, suffer the consequences, but I, I don't have to be like, you know, have somebody in my life that might suffer a consequence there to, to understand that this is a pretty crappy law. Yeah, and too. So you're trying to be liberal and open-minded and not uh, make anybody feel bad who might have AIDS, but in the process, you understand that you're, you're causing a lot of horror to somebody who might be an innocent victim. Yeah, and to just to put it in perspective, in California they've reduced the penalty from a felony to a misdemeanor. But also in California, misdemeanors aren't enforced at all. Right. So it's de facto complete legalization to give someone a deadly disease. Right. Yeah, that's that's exactly what it is, and there's no stigma to it associated right. with it. Right. Uh, you were all about uh, getting rid of cigarettes. Remember that? Until they started changing history on you and trying to say that you can't have movies where people are smoking cigarettes, even historical ones, right? A little odd there, right? <laughs> you're, you're all about free speech until they started restricting the free speech or they started saying that if you have fake news, well then, or the, the, they might monitor your, your speech in order to make sure that you're not exhibiting um, hate speech or false news. And for that matter, you're all for free speech until until somebody says something that you disagree with, right? Then, then it's, all, it's okay to throw eggs at them. It's, it's, it's okay to attack them. It's okay to have them arrested, for that matter. You see how this is working out, Ari? You were all into uh, disability rights, right? And, and to give great power to people who are disabled. And I, and I understand you don't want to discriminate against somebody who's disabled. I'm with you on that. But then you force employers and everyone else to change their entire worlds in order to accommodate the you know one out of two or maybe two out of uh, two times a year that a disabled person might need this elevator might need this bathroom right so everything has to be done just so and every single commercial building on the planet or at least in America and then they they go after you these ADA people they they come they, they use a um, a so-called plaintiff who goes around and it's, do you know this, Ari? They go around building by building looking to make sure that the, the toilet paper is so many inches away from the toilet seat according to the ADA compliance. And if it's not, well, they shake you down for the going rate being $3,500. These guys make millions just doing this, okay? Because there's a private attorney general um, remedies associated with that. And they, there's nothing you can do. These guys shake you down. Even if it's in, it, just, it has no impact on the disabled person. Even if the employer has done everything that he possibly can to accommodate, to live to the spirit of the accommodation. No, no, no. If it's exactly uh, even half an inch off, boom, you get saddled with this uh, lawsuit. Okay, and you better pay up. You were all into transgender rights, and now they're controlling not only the bathrooms, that how you have to change the bathrooms and everything else. But now you have to, they, they, they want to watch you the way you refer to anyone. If you use the wrong pronoun, you could be held accountable. You can even be criminalized. 
right? It's okay to give somebody AIDS knowingly. You understand. Yeah, but just but if you refer to yeah, if you refer to somebody as a he who wants to be referred to as a she, well, you're going to jail, buddy. Right? How do you like that for a contrast? That's your your socially liberal for you. And I know you mean well. I really do. I, I understand. You want to say you're socially liberal and you're fiscally conservative, and that way you kind of blend the two worlds together. And you honestly think that these are separate issues. I'm trying to show you that they're not. They are together. Because the, the liberal monster is a hungry monster, as I always say. And it will not stop, like the Terminator, <laughs> until you are dead. Until you are a slave to the liberal agenda. You were on to abortion rights. And then they told you that if your 14-year-old daughter got pregnant and she pursued an abortion, you as a parent have no right to know about that. How's that for socially liberal? Huh? You're, good at, you're jiggy with that? Because I ain't. And of course, you're also very big into the global warming business, that we should you know, have reasonable restrictions when it comes to uh, you know, pursuing uh, carbon, or, 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 sorry, using your car and emissions associated with that until they started telling you, you know, what kind of car you can drive and how they started giving subsidies with your tax dollars to wind and solar industries that go bankrupt and all sorts of other restrictions that are contemplated by the, par the Paris uh, Climate um, uh, Accord and the Kyoto Accord and all those st stupid accords that they have. And all the inconsistencies that are associated with that. They want to control your life. But you are okay with that. And then finally, of course, uh, one of the biggies is gun control. Right? You're all about you know, making sure that everyone is safe by taking away the guns. Until one day, the guy breaks into your home and you're reaching for the phantom gun that you don't have. And you say, man, it would be nice to have a gun right now. Right? These are the, 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 the kind of, among many other things I'm sure that you can add in, Ari, as well. But these are classic examples of not thinking things through. Yes, I agree. But what you think is socially liberal is, in fact, not liberal in any sense of the world. You are not being that kind and understanding person that you think you are. In fact, you're being restrictive. You're being intolerant. You're being tyrannical. You are. There you go. You're being tyrannical. Yeah. And I the think very thing that you claim not to be. Right. I think your point, the real kill shot point that you're making in is that in every one of these liberal-ish inclinations that you, the socially liberal, fiscally conservative person, is espousing or having an adherence to has a direct conflict with your supposed adherence to fiscal conservatism. Yeah. Meaning this is costing you money. This is taxing you. This is regulating you. This is forcing you to subsidize others that you say you don't want to subsidize. Well, yeah, this yeah, is a direct yeah, impact that's right. on your pocketbook. And the best example of that that I think about it is you're all for the improving the lives of the common worker with the minimum wage, right? So, well, guess who's going to pay for that, buddy? Not just from the government point of view where you have to pay higher taxes in order to subsidize these, these companies to, to justify the minimum wage, but these people are going to pass it along on higher prices, right? So, and then, of course, it's going to lead to automation and the killing of jobs instead of the increasing of jobs. That you will then have to then support these people on welfare and other social programs, right. or food stamps. Or in turn, so, they'll have so. to make laws 
that prohibit the use of automation where there might be the yes. ability to have somebody actually in, employed in that job, such as, such as flipping burgers and such. Right. More, yeah. re, more regulation to kill off the automation. A perfect example is, it, I mean, it, I love how the liberal says, oh, I, uh, I don't want runaway development, not in my backyard. Nimby, 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 nimby. Then it's, well, we have this thing called Airbnb, which is so great because it utilizes already built spaces, so we don't need to build large hotel edifice, edify to house people who are here in your city temporarily. Airbnb in my neighborhood, no way, Jose. We we must limit short-term rentals. We must regulate yeah. that. Yeah. Unfair, unfair, unfair. I mean, yeah, and and that's the funny thing is that that is a liberal position. Yeah, that to to restrict Airbnb, to restrict Uber, those are, somehow that's liberal. I don't I don't get that. What is open or open-minded about that? On the contrary, it's backward, isn't it? I mean, as I always say, liberals are not, in fact, liberal. They're, no, conservatives are, in fact, classically liberal. liberal. That's right. <laughs> we are the open minds. So right. Our conservatism harks back to an open market and open ideas, right? The liberals are the ones, I mean, what would they call themselves, are, in fact, the ones that try to cramp down and try to control your lives. That's right. With laws. They love laws. So that, that's, that's hardly uh, what we conservatives call true liberalism. It's uh, it's actually we call, we call it fascism. Yeah, it's the opposite, yeah. the direct Nazism opposite yeah. of liberalism. Isn't it funny? The word conservative and liberal are not diametrically opposed to each other as words when you understand it. If you have conservative values in which you conserve the wisdom of previous generations to apply it today, you wind up with an open mind that allows you to live a classically liberal informed lifestyle. Right, dummies. Yeah. Well, that's good. so. There's more, more. But wait, there's more, right? Well, wait, As we always say, more. That's right. This is this infomercial is going forward with more. Uh, so, back in the sexual arena, of course, they're, they're, as I said. As, or rather, as they talk about themselves, they are socially liberal, fiscally conservative. So, you ask now, and I'm, I'm on all these Facebook groups, by the way, and it's very interesting when they talk about polygamy, right? So here comes polygamy, as we've no doubt. A guest, you and I, we said this is going to be a big deal. And, and now people are saying, what do I care so long as there's no abuse associated with it? Yeah, how does it affect my marriage? How does it affect yours? Yeah, exactly. It's always a, how does it affect your marriage, right? <laughs> well, the same way that that married couple who ran that uh, Susie Cakes by Melissa or whatever got sued out of existence, and now a fa- married family and parents of, of children are homeless. Right. <laughs> That's how gay marriage affected their right. marriage. Yeah, well, why not say... How, oh. I mean, using the same same analogy, why not have uh, child sexual slavery that, that happens, let's say, somewhere in Africa or uh, East Asia, and you say, how does that affect your, your life here? Yeah, how, it do, doesn't... how do landmines that were buried in Cambodia 20 years ago that blow apart children today, how does that affect our life? My yeah. kids aren't trampling on them. That's why right. should I care? That's right. How does the restriction of free speech that's happening right now in Britain for, for people that don't uh, support the full um, onslaught of Muslim immigration, how does that affect your life? Right, I mean, it's it's so easy to resort to this. So, so same thing with polygamy, right? Um, how does that affect your life? And 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 they're all suddenly okay with this. No, never mind that it'll blow apart the very notion of what a family means. That there's a reason why we so elevate the the family. You know, uh, John F. Kennedy once said uh, a brilliant statement. He's he's actually was was a very bright man. He had, he had a lot of flaws, of course, but one of the, the things he said that I love is. Before you tear down a fence, figure out 
what the fence was up there in the first place for, right? Beautiful statement. And so one of the fences that we have is this fence of family. We say, this is an important thing. Now, you want to tear down the fence of family. You may think that's great, but then ask yourself, why did we have this fence in the first place? Yeah, why did we have the patriarchy? Yeah. Why did we have the nuclear family? Why was the mother the homemaker and the father the breadwinner? Right. And the children went to school to learn traditional gender right. roles. Why did we have uh, rules against polygamy? And, and, you know, today, to this day, people mock uh, Mormons for their previous polygamy. And by the way, it was, it's very different than the polygamy that many people think of. But putting that aside for now, uh, they're against polygamy and they think it's a horrible thing until recently. Have you noticed? Suddenly they're for polygamy because they're socially liberal, you see. Right? I wonder how that's going to boomerang on them. Yeah, well, they were also against child molestation until diversity became our strength. Right. I, 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 wait, 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 wait. Yeah. And, and now, of course, that happens, of course, in Afghanistan. You remember that soldier who was, yeah. uh, he was um, discharged dishonorably from the military because he went to a, a, a man who was raping a, a young boy, and he said, and he punched him, and he, he said, cut that crap out. This is horrible what you're doing. And he, and he was the one who was dishonorably discharged, right. this, this, uh, this soldier. So uh, suddenly, you know, that's, that's your socially liberal, my friends, because we want to accept all cultures somehow. Okay, so that's, that's another example. Your multiculturalism is another example of your social liberalism. What happens when that boomerangs on you? And it, it does happen right here where you have these, this balkanization. That's what's really going on. It's not multiculturalism. I call it balkanization, where you have this culture that, that uh, congregates in this area of town and that culture that congregates in the other part of town, and they're not talking to each other. No, this, becomes, is, this is no melting pot, It becomes no-go zones, yeah. akin to Crips and Bloods territory back in the late 80s of the gang warfares. Right, and they literally, they literally don't understand each other. Why? Because they speak different languages, for one yeah. thing. And, and, they, they, and, and they have very different cultures and different foods and everything else. As if America is just like, you know, let's just make this a meeting place where you can all hang out and just kind of show your wares. Yeah, but, it's but the they UN. don't even show their... Yeah, it's the yeah. UN. Uh, or better yet, you, you can think of it as uh, like one of those bars in Star Wars, right? Yeah. <laughs> With all the different things. It ain't, it ain't happening. There's no melting pot going on here. There's no common language. They don't have common history with us. They, they're not interested in that. In fact, if you demand that they speak English, you demand that they have a sense of their Americanism, what with them living here and all, what with them wanting to be citizens and all, well, then you should have this common culture, this common history. No, no, no. That's racist. That's at the very least... Um, uh, not what's it? That's uh, chauvinist at the very least, right? Bigoted, if you want. But this is this is how it all boomerangs back on us. I had another one, by the way, that before I before I forget. You're all for the controlling of nuclear energy, right? That was a socially liberal thing to do, right? This is no nukes, no, no nukes, nukes, right? Yeah. yeah, right. Okay, until until the time you realized that, you know. Maybe that's the cleanest energy that you could possibly have. What with global warming happening and all, right? So what? What? So there's your answer, my friends, and it's it's a, a reliable, sustainable form of energy that is already existing. It's not a pie in the sky energy form, but no, no, no. You have to to chase after the wind, as it were, or the sun. Neither of which will produce anywhere close to the energy that nuclear energy can provide, and better yet, the fossil fuels can't provide. 
so it all boomerangs on you, doesn't it? I, I find it so fascinating. And then, of course, they're, they're socially liberal when it comes to religion, uh, except when it comes to Christianity. That Then Christianity is offensive to them, and that, that must be controlled. But you must elevate any other religion. No, not even Judaism. Uh, you, but you, you should elevate Buddhism and especially, wait for it, Islam. Okay, because they, they've got it going somehow. This, this religion that, uh, of which so many of its adherents, not all of them, but so many of the, its adherents uh, participate in very violent acts of murder, rape, and other mayhem. And if they're not actually engaging in it, many of them actually support it or wish that they could support it. Or at the very least, see that it is a necessary evil, a necessary step, even though they don't like it and wouldn't participate in it, they, they see it as necessary in order to effectuate the ultimate goal of Sharia law and uh, the caliphate upon the rest of the world, right? But that's your social liberal, uh, liberalism for you, right? And then, and then you find that this, this Sharia law imposition where you have what happened in, um, in England, what was that town? Rotherham where 1,400 girls were enslaved for more than a decade while the police turned the other way. Why? Because, well, they were trying to be socially liberal. They wanted to be so understanding, lest they be accused of racism. You see, that was more important to them than whether or not 1,400 girls were, be, were being routinely, routinely raped on a daily basis for 10 years. Yeah. That was, a, that, that's your socially liberal, my yeah, friends. I have a question for you about this, and... My inclination is this deserves its own podcast episode or full of many multiple ones. How damaging are false accusations of racism in a society that for most of the time and for general rule based on where we've been the last 20 or 30 years has become a very tranquil uh, melting pot? Of different ethnicities, sure. I, I'm I'm shocked at how many times I walk into a restaurant and there's people of all different cultures, like a Cheesecake Factory during Sunday brunch hour. Any location you go, you'll see this across the country. People of all different races having brunch together with their families in total peace and harmony with each other. Right. Imagine that. I, and right. so, so, and how much damage does the left? inflict upon that, if you will, heaven on earth that we've achieved here by constantly calling the society racist. Well, I mean, I'm, what more do they want? Right. Well, but again, we're, we're talking about socially liberal, fiscally conservative. But right. I'm with but you, you on But this. you brought up the idea. Now right. this gets a little off topic. It deserves its own show. But, you know, I'd like you to just answer. It'd be sort of possibly... Yeah. Well, mostly a rhetorical question because the answer is clearly enormous damage. But you hear it all the time. Republicans are racist. So, uh, school is racist. College yeah, is racist. They're, they're, Society's they're, racist. They're, the they're banks are racist. They're inventing demons where none exist, and they're ignoring demons where they do exist. Right? I mean, the demons that do exist, of course, are radical Islam mostly. And uh, I believe athe atheism and godlessness is dis destroying our society. Yeah, or Antifa, the college lunatics. You know. Right, the mainstream of, uh, of pornography as well. Uh, there's many real demons out there. Uh, these, these crazy laws. I mean, these are the things we should be fighting. But they, they create demons that don't exist, which is all these 
supposed uh, fascists among the conservatives, right? The, the supposed anti-Semitism that's risen as a result of Trump's uh, election. And of course, all those bastard Christians out there, they, they, they do such horrible things, don't you know? And there's the rise of the KKK, don't you know? Because those Christians are all KKK members secretly, wink, wink. And then of course, the NRA and all the, the, the horrible murder and mayhem that they are not only supporting, but actually encouraging. Right, and uh, and then um, the demons that uh, see, you know, violence and discrimination against the transgenders, right, and against gays, generally speaking, as if that's an issue, as if that's really happening, right? And they they they, they create these stories of gay people being beaten up all the time. Really, where? Right, I mean, well, see, the Orlando nightclub by a Muslim, right. of course. Yeah, but other than that, I can't really think of one. <laughs> right, no, but but you, you get this image of yeah, people boys just don't being, cry, right? Yeah, that movie. But but by this roving gang of you know ten white guys looking for a gay guy who beat the crap out of this gay guy that they find, and he's in the hospital. Trust me, CNN would be all over that. It would be twenty four hour news cycle. Uh, just like the Singapore Airlines uh, situation, right? That, that's what it would be. And then they would say, how do you feel about this? And what do you think of the state of anti-gay? Okay, it, it's not happening. Th these things are not real. And likewise, also this notion of racism among cops. Like, what are you talking about? There, there's, they just, this doesn't exist. Yeah, Trayvon, Michael Michael Brown, Brown all those guys. It all, it, you know, these are examples like like evolution, all these uh, the missing links, right? That they keep on trotting out the Lucys and the um, and the Piltdown Mans, all of which turn out to be fakes. Talk about fake news, right? Um, and and then they say, well, you know, there's still a concept of missing links. Well, that's cute, but you still haven't shown me one. So <clears throat> so let, show me an example of a a cop shooting, which is clearly race, racially motivated. Okay, there there are bad shootings. I agree. That, for example, there was a white cop, I think it was North Carolina, and a black guy was running away from the cop, and the cop shot him in the back and killed him. And it was all in video. So, you know, that was clearly a wrong thing to do, and he should go to prison. But that doesn't mean that it was racially motivated. Who's to say that he wouldn't have done exactly the same thing if it was a white guy who was running away from him? Did he say, you know, did he shout out a racial epithet as he was, as it was shooting him down? Or mowing him down with his gun? No. Okay, then you would have something, I suppose. But it just ain't there. So they create these demons, uh, and it's and all for the purpose of directing people a certain into a certain direction, a, a certain way of thinking. And then they covered ad nauseum on CNN. Yes, CNN mostly, and of course MSNBC, which is like it's it's a wicked stepchild. But but that's why that's why we don't talk about the real demons out there, and we conservatives are always kind of falling behind because we don't know how to respond because we just, we're conservatives. We tend to try to focus on what's good in society. We try to focus on preserving good values like the family, like the notion of freedom and spreading freedom, like the, the concept of the individual. But they've got us beat in this department because they're constantly looking for new ways to agitate. That's well, their that's their mission. They're dreaming up things yeah. that are vicious and um, Machiavellian. And most conservatives, not the socially liberal fiscal conservative types, that's, right. a, it's a, that's a different category of pathetic, unable to defend themselves ideologically. Right. But normal conservatives, most of them, 
can't imagine that there's people as evil as Antifa trying to tear down society. Oh, just because. Right. Well, kind of like your quote that you off-site about um, Michael Moore. Down with capitalism. Uh, well, what do you want to replace it with? I don't know, but we'll figure out when we get there. Yeah, that's, you that's haven't thought right. that through yet? Yes. You haven't figured out what would happen when you get rid of the society, the family, the street cop, the law, yeah. the order? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You right. haven't thought that through yet. No. You just you just want to pull those pillars away and see if the edifice stands. Let's yeah. just see. Yeah. Well, a, a new phoenix will arise from these ashes. Oh, that's great. that's their notion. That, you know, And this is what Hitler said, by the way. He, he, he said this, a new, new dawn will arise. And the, all, all out of utopias, right? So there are many great quotes about uh, the, the horrors of, of pursuing utopia. But that's another story. Again, socially liberal and fiscally conservative. It sounds super duper nice, but it just doesn't work in reality. And, and you have to understand this. Whatever your, your, liberally, your socially liberal concept that you think that you're socially liberal about, you need to evaluate it. Ask yourself, how can it be abused and how will it be abused? Right? So... Yeah, because it will. Right. They will explode. They, they've already proven. I mean, we, we can't be idiots about this. The left has already proven if there's a weak point in your armor as a society, they will find it. Right. They will, they, all they do is look for these things. Right. And by the way, going back to, a little bit to your concept of how the liberals are constantly, the left, are always going for new agendas and new initiatives that you don't know where it's going to come from, right? The gay marriage thing, and then, you know, before the, the confetti for the ticker tape parade was done, they were onto the transgender rights issue, right? And so that was where they were going. And, and they, they literally get together, Ari, and they say, what buzz term shall we use? What buzz issue shall we now push Onto uh, to the to the unwill, unwitting stupid American citizenry, and they do it, and then they get everyone to talk about it. It's really fascinating. Yeah, because they, they work it's all with trending. the media. Yeah, it's all trending, and so next thing you know, we're talking about transgenders, and we're changing our friggin' bathrooms. I mean, this is insane. Over over people who comprise only one out of thirty five thousand people. Okay, that's literally if you took all the the people in America, and, and I'm gonna. Uh, guess liberally in terms of the, the population, it's 330 million people. Okay, you take one out of 35,000. You know what the number is? It's like 5,000 tops. 9,500. 9, okay. 9, under under 10,000 people. Under 10,000. The entire spread out America. over 3,000 miles this way by right. 1,500 miles that way. Right. But we all have to <coughs> now make laws and everything else. Like that. Yeah. But no one brings up these numbers. Okay. This is this is what this is how absurd it's gotten. Yeah. That's why we are very comfortable, Ari and I, that we will now see issues about polygamy coming up. And, of course, and of course child, uh, child uh, pedi- abuse. Oh, yeah. Just yes. horrific. And, and it's already the there. They're already working on and, it. And, and wait, wait for it, it'll be about incest as well. Of course. Now, because once they figure out, what do I care if a brother and sister or a brother and half-sister <laughs> well, their response or whatever. will be so delicious. They'll be like, but I thought you cared about the family. Right, exactly. Oh, it's, they're related. Yeah. They's, they're always using our, it's, it's Alinsky. They're using our mores, our of values course, against us. So, but hang on. So, so that's, that's, that's the next step. They'll always be doing that. And I wonder what the next issue, but we, we on the conservative side, it, there's nothing for us to cook up. What are we going to cook up? Let's cook up the notion of freedom. <laughs> let's, know, truth, let's, justice, the American way. But these, freedom, these are liberty. all things that we've always heard before, right? Yeah. So let's cook up the idea of individualism. 
let's cook up the idea of being, uh, you know, how good it is to be in America and the unique exceptionalism of America. Right. Well, wait, wait, right. wait, wait, wait. So let, let's cook up the idea of the family. Let's cook up the idea of the, the importance of the centrality of God. There's nothing. We're not going to present anything new like they do. Right? Well, no, but they don't present anything new. See, the, I know, I know, you know, I know, I know. Their that. stuff is straight from Psalm and Gomorrah. I know, I know. That's but, not the point. You, wait, wait, stop, 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 stop. Yeah. Hang on, because I'm going somewhere else with this. The point is that they cook up these things and they present it as new. You and I know that they're the same thing. That's not the point, Ari. The point is they they perceive themselves. Sorry, they perceive themselves as people who are always. Going on the frontier and changing great new things, right? right. The avant-garde, the, the, the cutting uh, edge. Yeah, yes. they're cutting edge. They're doing very important things for all sorts of groups and and, and people that deserve, you know, who, who've been who've been marginalized, uh, you know, for all their lives. And we need to fix this problem, and uh, and you know, and demonize the appropriate groups um, who think differently than us. Yes, I, of course, this has always been happening, but that's not the point. These are people that think that they're actually doing good for society, and they come up with these things that seem new, and I know that they've always been done before. That is, again, not the point. But one thing we do know about conservatism, and by its very definition, is that we know that some things have been tried and are true, and, and virtually everything else have been tried and have failed, and we know that they don't work. For example, incest. For example, the breakdown of the family. Or fatherlessness in particular. Pedophilia, of course. Islamic caliphates. Yes. yes. These things don't work, right? And, and, and there are certain things that we know that we should know really well about. The, the, tragically, the Muslim faith has had a, a very bad history of, of two things. One is it's always about conquest. And then secondly, it's never about progress. Okay? It's, it just isn't. I... It may be the it may be the true religion for all I know. Okay, that's not the point. The point is that you cannot deny that the Muslim history is one of conquest. Yeah, it's like and if you don't anywhere it's applied, it seems to be applied wrong for well, some reason. Yeah, that's that's another story. Every other time, that's another story. But yes. it does. It, but its very core principle is not about peace and understanding and tolerance. You know, you can say that it's a religion of peace all day long. It, it, it just doesn't make it so. That's like saying that O.J. Simpson is not, not a killer, right? I'm not to equate Islam with O.J. Simpson, but it, it would be absurd, right? He, and he said he didn't do it. doesn't mean that he didn't do it, right? Uh, so just calling yourself a religion of peace doesn't make it so. Yeah, I their call, history is I can a, call pornography romanticism does not make it so. Right, good example. Same thing. Good example. Yeah, but the, the point I'm making is perhaps we as conservatives, based on what you just said, should be on the offensive and throw out a bunch of our irons in the fire one after the other and yes. keep them off balance. Hey, let new idea, masculinism. Yeah. The elevation of masculine men to be masculine men and that we should encourage this in our boys. And right when they attack that, then we go and have... How about freedom? How about everyone is armed? Second yeah. Amendment everywhere. Yeah. How about this one? Heterosexual pride, right? <laughs> That's right. There, but I mean, here's. But speaking of that, um, the latest and greatest uh, that the that the liberals are giving us is this notion of Christian privilege, right? I was just thinking. Right. That. So yes. there, was, there was white privilege. There was white. Now there's Chris. And then there was something else. Uh, and then now here we are, Christian privilege. Like, and, and you and I texted each other earlier, uh, along with another friend of ours, 
where we were kind of loving this because, hey, you know, neither of us are Christian. Our, the, our friend who is with us is also not Christian. We're all Jewish. And like, hey, finally, we can, we, we can declare ourselves a, a victim of some kind because we, we don't enjoy Christian privilege, which, of, of course, we don't want to be considered a victim. It's such BS. We support Christians. We support Christianity in America. And frankly, I, I wish... The rest of the world were Christian. I, they've done such great world, you know, great things for civilization. They've created civilization as we think about it, with their big brother, the Jews. Uh, but I, I, I find it so fascinating that they they trot out these new phrases day in and day out. It just doesn't it doesn't stop. Yeah. And then and they believe it. And then and then of course uh, you know, the black racism thing is is constantly going in a full tilt mode. You know, and today, April 4th, 2018, marks the 50th anniversary of the assassination of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., right? A great man. A great man. You hear these fantastic speeches, these these lost speeches, by the way, which were uh, not videotaped, but audio taped. And you listen to them, and, and this man is a genius. He's so brilliant. And we think, where are you, Martin? Please come back somehow. Please not only that, but please, black community, please listen to these speeches. Listen to this great man, Martin Luther King Jr., and hear his wisdom. Yeah, listen to what he said. Yeah. Don't make up what you think he said. Right. Listen to what he said, yeah. because it's something called conservatism. Right. It's pure conservatism, and he would not be what you call socially liberal and fiscally conservative. Now, and who knows, by the way, had Martin Luther King not been assassinated, had he lived onto a full life and he died at the age of, uh, you know, 80 or, or 90. Or still been alive today. He'd only be 89. Yeah, okay, that's, so that's right. So he'd probably be alive. Yeah, so he'd probably be alive, God willing. He'd be Tom Sowell's age or something. Okay, so he would be alive. Um, maybe he would change. Maybe uh, Who knows? Maybe he would become a Jesse Jackson. Maybe, uh, it, you never know. It, maybe we would be at the point like, oh, there's Martin Luther King again saying his crazy stuff, you know, because he might have totally turned into a, uh, a, a total progressive. I don't know. I doubt it somehow because his consistency was very real. And I, I it, had he continued on, we would have had a, another voice, at least in the black community, that would be very conservative, hopefully like a Thomas Sowell. And, you know, his, the force of his words were so consistent. His passion was so true. It was so unwavering. I don't think that he would have just become a, a Johnny Turncoat on the on the political issues. No, his values were his values. The reason that community went left is because of his death. Yeah. His death didn't cause oh, that I, community. I, I, maybe you're right. I just, I just don't know. He lives. He He's a leader. He He's not a follower. Yeah. Well, he, he was he was very Republican in, in, in all of his actions. And I, I admire the hell out of that guy. He, I mean, really, listen to these. One speech I heard recently was just beautiful, and it had nothing to do with politics necessarily or even religion. But he said, whatever you do, find your passion, whatever your calling is, and pursue it. And it doesn't have to be a world leader. It doesn't have to be a great actor. It doesn't have to be the musician. If you are a street he said this very clearly, if you are a street sweeper, then be the best damn street sweeper you can be, right? Be better than all of the street sweepers. Make yourself, you know, the the, the, the Mozart of sweet, uh, sweet street sweepers. Uh, make yourself, and he goes on with this different list of, you know, yeah, the Einstein, it, it, the Einstein yes. of, hang on, 
the Einstein of street sweepers. And he said the same thing about being a plumber, about being a teacher. Whatever it is, do it with passion. And, and then he talked about father, fatherlessness and the dangers of that and that fathers are so important. He understood all this stuff. And he understood the centrality of God, uh, which, which is really remarkable. Look, we are on the 50th anniversary, and that's the reason why I do want to speak a little bit about Martin Luther King Jr. today, because he was such an exceptional man. We admire him, Ari and I. I know that I speak for you. I know I of speak course. for virtually every conservative out there, because we never gave a damn about the color of his skin. You know, it was we conservatives who supported him. He was Billy Graham who supported and, and promoted this man and his ideas because he was such a, a great conservative thinker. Yeah, and Martin bailed him out of jail. Bailed him out of jail and, and, uh, and pursued God as, as the central figure in his life. God bless Martin Luther King Jr. May his memory stay with us forever. And uh, frankly, I'm not upset that we have a holiday named after him because frankly, I think if we actually uh, share the blessings of his words, then we know that he's actually preaching uh, great things, great, things about America, things about individualism, things about God, uh, things about truly, true conservatism. So socially liberal, fiscally conservative. You, you have to wonder what goes on in the mind of such a person. It's a, it's a little bit like being an agnostic. Well, it's, right? it's more, I, I chalk it up because most of the people I know who self-identify that um, two points. First of all, self-identification is a dubious thing because it's like body odor. You can rarely smell yourself. So how are you going to tell me what you smell like? Good point. Right? Good point. I know you by your actions, by your fruits. And unless you are really good at drawing yourself portraits, you probably aren't accurately reflecting your fruits. That's right. number one. Number two is... A victim of phraseology. It's a nice phrase. It's repeated so often in the media. Why wouldn't people assimilate it just by default, right? Right, right. And and let's give them credit. At least they aren't liberal, liberal, and liberal, liberal. Okay? You know, and so they're, well, now, now I'm going to ask you another question, though. And this is more a question to you. These people who say that they're socially liberal, fiscally conservative, do they really mean it? I mean, and, and before you answer the question, I think in their mind's eye, in the same way that they think... Because they're responding to you in a certain way, uh, they're trying to show you that may, you know they they got one foot in both camps, so to speak. And if they actually believe it, what they're really saying is, when they're saying that they're fiscally conservative, is I don't think the government should tax us at ninety five percent, right? I don't. Th I, I think that the government should rein in some spending, whatever that whatever that means, right? So I mean, it's very hard to find any Democrat, any liberal who will say, I. Don't think, you know, that, that I think the government should spend whatever damn well pleases. It's very rare to find such a person. We call those people idiots, right? But most people will say, well, there's got to be some sort of discretion. I mean, if, if you talk to the average man on the street and say, do you think the government should be able to do and spend whatever money it wants, that every single one of them, within reason, that you interview, I, I would say 99.5 out of 100 would say, of course, they should rein in their spending. Yeah, it you and I—they should be reasonable. You and I have understand that zero taxes at all is unfeasible. Right. We just don't like the income tax as the starting point for right. taxation, right. and then we want to have a nice conversation about reasonable tax rates to keep people on reasonable budgets right. based on reasonable but resources. I'm, but what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is that these people, 
That's what's happening in their in their mind's eye when they say that they're fiscally conservative. They don't really know what they're talking about. No, most, they don't. Most they of don't. the time, that fiscally conservative to them means, you know, let's have a lot of government involvement, but uh, you know, we should have people checking their power from time to time. That's not conservatism, my friends. That that is simply. And, and and if you actually interview them further and say, what do you mean by fiscally conservative? What makes you a fiscal conservative? Because that's always nice when they say fiscal. It sounds, you know, fancy. It's a big word. It sounds like a it's got college six letters word. Letters to it. Yeah. Big word. <laughs> big word. Yeah. And two syllables. Yes. I was gonna say. Uh, so, well, how are you a fiscal conservative? What does that mean? So next time you hear somebody say that they're liberally, um, sorry, socially liberal and fiscally conservative, this is what I would like you to do. Ask them. Okay, you say you're you're liberally, socially liberal. What does that mean? And they'll go to town and they'll say, oh, I believe in gay rights. I believe in uh, not having excessive uh, use of guns. In fact, I think we should have gun control. I think we need to clean up the planet and the global warming, blah, blah, blah. And then the transgender rights and abortion should be available on demand. And, uh, you know, they go on the minimum wage and, and all sorts of different things. Uh, fair wage, fair trade. They're all about that. And they'll go into great detail about this. And then you say, okay, thanks. Uh, what do you mean when you say you're fiscally conservative? And they'll say, well, you know, we shouldn't be spending too much, I, I think. They won't be able to actually identify what, why they say that they're fiscally conservative. Oh, so you're making the point that they're just liberal, liberal, and liberal, liberal. Yeah. Yeah. That, that they, <laughs> right. I, I think a great majority. I mean, some of them, of course, no, are. No, you're making it's some, a great point. Some of them yes. are very honest about their distinction and that they actually are fiscally conservative, and they imagine themselves, you know, reining it in on government spending, and that uh, we should have checks and balances, and we should not have any taxes. In fact, we should reduce taxes, and that's great, and all those things. Uh, but I think that probably only, you know, 50% of people who say that's that phrase are actually like that. Right. And even a, then, they should be questioned. Yeah, there was only one I can actually think of, yeah. which is John McCain in the mid-'90s. saying, I'm conservative on everything. I just want every baby in America aborted, basically. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's something weird. Yeah. That, that's, but, but that's my point, is I think a lot of them are actually just pure liberal. They like the idea of thinking of themselves as fiscally conservative because, for some reason, that makes them feel responsible. Well, they know liberalism is stupid. But they don't want to be conservatives and lose all their friends. That, that's sort yeah, of what, yeah. what I've gleaned from it as far as a Los Angeles version of this yeah. strange creature. Yes. <laughs> well, that, that could be. I mean, I think there's a lot of social pressure there. This way they get – because if, if you – if a liberal hears that phrase, I'm socially liberal but fiscally conservative, they don't get too insulted by that. They're like, okay, but, but you voted for Hillary, didn't you? So – uh, they'll say, uh, yeah, yeah, of course, because, you know, right. these are yes. – because the socially liberal issues trump everything. Uh, pardon the phrase. Yes, trump. it does. They, they, it trumps people. everything on, on, the issue, on the major issues. Yeah, the fiscal conservatives, I'm all for it, but uh, not at the expense of all the important socially liberal issues. Whereas, whereas for us, there's such a thing as a California Republican, right, where they're, they're conservative on virtually every issue except for, let's say, abortion. Except for uh, gay marriage, oh, abortion, for, porn, and marijuana, basically. Yeah, I mean, it's from my experience of the yeah, LA. Very, very often, it's one of those three, yeah. or maybe all of those three. But I'm with you; I understand. But it's not like socially liberal on, on everything, and then they no. vote, and then they vote for Trump, right? Yeah. No, if you are voting, you know, if you believe 
socially liberal, as, as we've been calling it, for everything, you ain't voting for Trump. Okay? And so you, you can... So at the end of the day, when you ask that socially liberal slash physically conservative person or who proclaims himself as such, and then ask them to identify why he's socially liberal and why he's fiscally conservative, and then they, they try out these phrases, then ask them the following question. Who'd you vote for in 2016? Right? And, and you'll get the answer, Hillary, 99 times out of 100. Okay? So don't, don't let anyone fool you with this phrase. Okay? And, and question them as to why they say that they're either of those things. You'll get exactly what I, what I just trotted out. I like to delve deeply into these issues, as you know, but more importantly, I want people to see the dangers of proclaiming themselves as socially liberal and fiscally conservative, because at the end of the day, what you think is liberal, in fact, just boomerangs on you, and you're only talking about despotism. I'm Barack Lurie. Thanks for listening. We'll talk with you next week.